Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuwana's Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! a game of musical chairs. Sounds about exactly what happened down at the University of Montana over the last couple days and weeks when it comes to Grizz football. Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Uh, a wide array of topics today to talk about. We're going to start off with the uh, coaching, how do you say, shuffling down at the University of Montana. Not uh, not much in terms of coaching changes. Pretty much everybody on the staff has a new position. Pretty much everybody on the staff for Grizz football is the same. We'll go over all of it here right off the top. Then we'll transition to some wrestling. Avery Allen. Recently anointed as one of 39 four-time state champions from the state of Montana. He's a senior at Bozeman High School. He'll join us at 4.30. Then we're going to talk some soccer. Andrew Houghton has an excerpt from the latest uh, Soccer in Snow and Smoke podcast. Hour number two, we'll talk all the way around the wide world of sports with our good buddy Rajim Seabrook. Uh, He missed his birthday show last week. But we celebrated his birthday in fine fashion on Saturday, and it was very fun. Uh, but we'll talk more than just about Raj's birthday, although it was a very important day, of course. Uh, we'll talk Super Bowl. We'll talk Sammy and Ken with the USFL. We'll talk NBA, specifically Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. We'll get Rajim's opinion on some of these uh, football coaching changes or coaching reshufflings, as it were. We'll talk a little bit about the Little Sullivan Award, which is the... Uh, the top honor bestowed upon amateur uh, male and female athletes from the state of Montana, and it's as star-studded a list as I can remember. And then we'll also have us a pretty open-ended conversation as well. We were talking on Saturday about who are the athletes we would most like to to meet and interview, dead or alive, just from from the the recent history of American sports. So we will uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, as well to uh, wind down the show here uh, on your Thursday. That's your show, Alec, presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have, give Brent and his team a call today. You want to be a part of the show? You have questions, comments, concerns, thoughts? 
You have opinions on the Grizz football uh, coaching reshuffling or anything else in the wide world of sports in Montana? You can always call us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029, and all guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Those texts pretty darn good. Uh, so uh, easy easy way to engage with me and, and with us. So if you want to shoot us a text, you always can. Andrew can forward it right to me. And uh, we can make you a part of the conversation here uh, in real time. Apologies for my voice. Uh, I've been sick. I don't know why I'm still sick. I I've, can't ever remember in my adult life being sick for more than a week. But here I am. <laughs> I sound worse than I have since this started uh, a couple weekends ago. But uh, whatever. Uh, that's where we're at. Sorry that I don't have the normal... Uh, dulcet tones, <laughs> or at least what I try to imagine is that. Uh, let's take a look at what went down during uh, the last... I mean, this has been going on for the better part of six weeks. And, you know, I'm not really here to sit here and debate the uh, the timing and the procedure of this. I have my own opinions about that part of it, but... Uh, Coming out of the early signing day for college football, we heard a lot of different things about the reshuffling of the coaching staff, but we never actually went out and reported any of this stuff because I knew it was a moving target. We do have really good sources, and so I knew that uh, there was going to be coordinator changes for the University of Montana football team. But then there was all sorts of different dominoes that could or would fall, and it was this and then that. If this, then that. If this, then that. And so we were just waiting for it to all settle because the, the last thing you want to do as a journalist is report a scoop and not have the details right or just flat get it wrong and so I knew that there was going to be new coordinators. That's what we knew. And we've talked about it. We've teased it on the show. Uh, we've sort of speculated it and even directly talked about it a little bit. But now, officially, from the University of Montana, uh, they have a complete reshuffling, but not even close to an overhaul of the uh, football coaching staff. So here's, in chronological order, how this all went down. About a month ago, they announced the uh, that both Kent Bear, the defensive coordinator, and Barry Sachs, the defensive line coach, would step away from the program. Coach Sachs is retiring. Coach Bear walked away uh, to pursue, uh, for I guess for other personal reasons, will not be surprised if he pursues other professional opportunities. I mean, the guy's been a defensive coach in college football for 50 years. So if he lands at a big school as an analyst or something like that and just gets a couple more paychecks, hey, keep getting them checks. Uh, so that opened up the defensive line position and the defensive coordinator position. Earlier this week, the Grizz announced that Ronnie Bradford would be promoted to defensive coordinator. So Bradford has uh, coached corners the last couple years here at Montana. He's a guy who played in the NFL for more than a decade, played in a Super Bowl, 
had an interception against John Elway in the Super Bowl in 1998 uh, when the Atlanta Falcons, who Bradford was playing for, lost to the Denver Broncos. So he's a guy with a lot of prestige. Uh, I think that the Grizz have been good on defense. I mean, the Grizz have been good on defense, baseline good on defense pretty much always, you know, for the last 30-plus years. Under Bobby Houck, they've always been pretty good to very good and sometimes extremely good. But if you were to point to the position group that has improved the most since Bobby Houck took over heading into the 2018 season, it's the cornerback spot. I think the corners actually took the biggest jump over the last two years of any position group. Part of that's Ronnie Bradford and his tutelage. Part of that's also just a complete and utter upgrade in talent. I mean, it's easy to forget Coach Houck's first year back, they were so thin at corner that they were playing Justin Calhoun and Darian Nash as their primary corners. Those guys, while both of them did a valiant uh, job of trying to fill those roles, they were both converted wide receivers that were completely brand new to the position, especially at the Division I college level. So um, Bradford's influence, but also an influx of talent. You know, you had a three-star recruit like Corbin Walker out of the Seattle area. You add Justin Ford as a transfer from Louisville, who was a former junior college All-American. I had Omar Hicks Onu, who, who was an Oregon State transfer, who, who fit in really well. And Trajan Cotton played a little bit of corner, but he has since settled in as sort of the nickel safety role there. But regardless, they brought in a bunch of guys, so that also helped improve their cornerback play. But Ronnie Bradford's done a good job, and, and he's also uh, a charismatic, relatable guy that has a lot of uh, veteran experience as a player and as a coach. He also coached at USC. So... Um, certainly uh, a guy that that uh, has proven his medal, and uh, it would be interesting to see how he does there as the defensive coordinator. Kent Bear was also coaching linebackers, and so now Roger Cooper has moved from safeties to linebackers. I think that is uh, an upgrade for Cooper himself. Bear was a great linebackers coach, and again, Montana's had an endless string of linebackers over the I mean, in the 21st century, if you just look at the lineage of linebackers, it's just astounding how many 6'2", 225-pound dudes out of the state of Montana that they've had that have just become all big sky type talents. But from uh, from the coaching side of things, I think a much more natural fit for Roger Cooper. Cooper's coached a variety of positions in the big sky conference during his time uh, in the league. He's, he's been a coach in the league for more than a decade. He was a phenomenal player at Montana State. Uh, he was the uh, 2004 Big Sky Conference Defensive Player of the Year there for the Bobcats. Played professionally for several years, coached in high school for a little while. I first got to know him when he was coaching at Bozeman High School when I was working at the newspaper in Bozeman. Then Mike Kramer gets hired at Idaho State. Kramer, of course, was Cooper's college coach at Montana State. He hires Cooper uh, to join the ISU staff. Cooper actually started at, on offense, coaching running backs, and then coached a variety of different positions at Idaho State, but eventually moving up to uh, defensive coordinator. Cooper did a fine job coaching safeties last year, a good job coaching safeties last year, but he's a linebacker, and so him coaching linebackers will be a much more natural fit. So I'm not saying that Cooper's an upgrade over Bear as a linebackers coach, but I think Cooper upgrades himself as a coach by coaching linebackers. Then to fill in for Bradford at corner, Bradford, by the way, is going to be the D.C. as well as the safeties coach. I think that I've gotten some questions about that since these releases were were put out. 
Uh, got an inquiry on Twitter. Somebody asking, why don't they just keep Bradford as corner coach when he was an NFL corner and he's done a great job with the corners? I think part of it is just because of the way that they communicate defensive play calling. I think that it's uh, that, that the uh, the DC needs to have a direct line to the linebackers and or the safeties. And so I think with Bradford moving to safeties, that will help. But then it also helps Montana elevate Kim McLeod. So McLeod's a veteran coach who spent time at a variety of different stops, including most recently at Hawaii. And McLeod was uh, Montana's defensive analyst last year. So he moves into a full-time position coaching job as the cornerbacks coach. So that means then that the Grizz have openings on the defensive side of the ball along the defensive line and as the defensive analyst spot. Hold that thought. Nuanas now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. So our Big Sky Spotlight talking Grizz football. It's presented by Dave Maldonado and Maldonado Law. Maldonado Law, your Big Sky Defender. Visit BigSkyDefender.com to see how Dave Maldonado and his firm can help you. You don't want to fight the insurance companies all by yourself, so give Dave and his firm a call. When the, the defensive staff... Announcements came down the pipe. I heard a lot of scuttle of people saying, well, why is there so many announcements on the defensive side of the ball when the Grizz were really good on defense last year? Where's the announcements on the offensive side of the ball where the Grizz definitely needed uh, some improvements, some tweaks, some new ideas? Well, those all came out yesterday. So here's how this went down. Tim Rosenbaugh. Demoted from offensive coordinator Brent Pease, elevated to offensive coordinator. So Pease is honestly the most prestigious coach on the uh, the Grizz coaching staff. He has the most um, elevated resume of anybody uh, on the staff. He has been Montana's OC before, some 25 years ago. He was the OC from 96 to 98, and then uh, ascended through the coaching ranks he made stops at a variety of uh, elite places. Kentucky, when Hal Mummy and Mike Leach were there. Coach of Baylor, coach of Boise State and Florida. Also had stops at Northern Arizona, Washington, and UTEP. During his time at Boise State, probably, well, there's a couple of stints where they were really successful, but Boise State, probably the thing that he's remembered for most around these parts because he helped coach Kellen Moore. And Moore was a small school product out of Washington, uh, Prosser High School there in central Washington. And what more lacked in athleticism and, you know, like, quote-unquote, big-arm talent he made up for in his cerebral abilities and his steadiness, he became the first quarterback in college football history to win 50 games. And Pease was the guy tutoring him during that time. During his six seasons as the OC for the Broncos, uh, the Broncos went to six straight bowl games and were ranked as high as number four in the country. So P certainly had a, a big role in that. And uh, his attachment to Chris Peterson led him to high heights in the in the college coaching world. So uh, Pease will get a chance now to call plays at his alma mater. Uh, once again, he's a guy that was a, a standout quarterback for the Grizz in the late 1980s. Then he was the quarterback's coach after his professional playing career was finished. Helped tutor Dave Dickinson. During that 95 national championship run, and then was the OC at 96 as the Grizz went back to the national championship. So Pease moves from wide receivers coach 
to offensive coordinator. Bryce Erickson, who's been the tight ends coach the last four years, he moves from tight ends to wide receivers. Rob Fennessy, who was the offensive analyst a year ago, he initially was reported that he was taking a job at Bucknell as the offensive coordinator. Instead, the former Montana OC, who was the OC at Montana from 2003 to 2009, Fennessy's retained, and he moves from analyst to coaching tight ends and offensive tackles. Tim Roosevelt remains on the staff with a, a new title. He's the senior offensive analyst as well as the director of high school relations. Hold that thought for a minute as well. Director of high school relations was not a position on a coaching staff that had existed until that I had heard of at least until Jeff Choate created that at Montana State. And I think that B.J. Robertson holding that position for MSU really helped the Bobcats gain momentum in the in-state recruiting battle. So although Roosevelt taking a step away from being the offensive play caller, having that position in general, whether it's Roosevelt or, or otherwise, I think is a good thing for the Grizz. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. And then the final reshuffling, Chad Germer is now the interior offensive line coach. I've never heard of that before. We're going to talk about that element of this whole thing. So basically, here's the rundown uh, for those keeping track at home. Ronnie Bradford's your new D.C. Roger Cooper is your new linebackers coach. Kim McLeod is your new cornerbacks coach. Brent Pease, the new offensive coordinator. Bryce Erickson, the new tight ends, or excuse me, the new wide receivers coach after coaching tight ends. Rob Fennessy, the new tight ends and offensive tackles coach. And Chad Germer, the uh, new interior offensive line coach. I wonder what Justin Green thinks. <laughs> Justin Green is the recruiting coordinator and the and the uh, running backs coach. He doesn't get any new titles. He's just got the same title. That's because he's been doing his job really well. I think that's why uh, he's just steady Eddie. Uh, there's the running backs coach. So uh, there's a lot to make of all of this. It's a very clear to me that Bobby Houck is putting an unbelievably high priority on staff continuity, and we shall debate uh, what it all means. Is that a good thing, a bad thing? I'm not really sure, but now we know. Uh, Not one new coach at Montana as of yet, but a variety, when you count them all up at the end of it, uh, you got eight eight guys with new positions uh, here for the Grizz. Andrew Houghton, our producer here at ESPN Radio, joining us now uh, from the other side of the glass. It's a lot to sort of wrap your head around, but also it's really not because it's all the same guys. They're all just going to be doing new positions. I don't even really know where to start in terms of the analysis of this because I really don't know if we're going to know if any of this is going to work until we see it in the fall. Yeah, I think the one change to really analyze is that uh, Brent Pease is the one calling the plays now. Other than that... I think you're right. We got to just see how it shakes out because there's no, no new blood coming in. We know all these guys. Uh, we'll just see what the difference really, really is. And I think that was sort of the prevailing opinion uh, on Twitter and just sort of around the Grizz fan universe when you hear these changes be made official. It's like, well, is anything really going to change here? Or are we just sort of rearranging the chairs a little bit? I have long thought that just in terms, and, you know, this is coming from the guy sitting in the ESPN radio chair. So it's, you know, it's my job to sit here and analyze this and armchair quarterback it and all that. But if you you just put Brent Pease's resume and his accomplishments 
against anybody else that's currently on the staff, it's superior. All right, t- t- Tim Rosenbaugh played in the NFL. Tim Rosenbaugh uh, has coached in the Power Five for sure, but nowhere near the, the level of success or does he have the, the same coaching tree or the level of influence that Brent Pease has attained. There was also a thought. I remember when the when Bobby Houck was first hired back and we were reporting on the assembling of the coaching staff at Skyline Sports. We were we reported when Brett Pease was hired as an offensive coach, but we didn't have confirmation of what he was going to coach. But there was a strong thought that he was going to be the offensive coordinator. And then they instead brought in Tim Rosenbaugh and named him the OC. So, you know, I, I always wondered what the offensive staff as a whole thought of the whole deal because Pease, not only has he risen to the highest heights of any of these offensive coaches in terms of his, his uh, resume, but also he had been a very successful offensive coordinator at Montana before. I do think that Bobby Houck is good at identifying coaches that can that can coach a variety of positions. I think that when you hire a guy like Kent Bear, who's been coaching in college football for close to 50 years, you hire a guy like Barry Sachs, who's been coaching in college football for close to 42 years, you know that those guys are not going to be with you forever. And so I also think that like Bobby Houck brought in Ronnie Bradford, Roger Cooper, and Kim McLeod under the premise that he was going to likely give those guys new opportunities, elevated opportunities. You have to think that Ronnie Bradford, who's got you know USC on his resume as a coach and NFL on his resume as a player, that he probably came here hoping that he could become the defensive coordinator. So that seems like good planning. And, uh, you know, the Grizz, I know that they sort of fell off towards the end of this last season defensively, particularly against Montana State and North Dakota State. But I do think that their defense is a, a spot where they don't have that many worries. On the offensive side of the ball, Coach Erickson's coached a variety of positions at the high school and college level. Moving from tight ends to wide receivers is not like a crazy move. I also think Rob Fennessy, people forget this, Fennessy was a, a standout tight end at Nebraska. So he knows how to play the tight end position. So that might also be uh, a place where uh, you know a new voice is, is a good thing. And, and Montana has a couple really talented players at tight end, led by Cole Grossman, who's one of their most talented players. It's TBD in terms of Brent Pisa as the OC, but I, I, I'd i like to think my initial gut feeling is that it's an upgrade. I think Montana's lack of offensive identity last year was very perplexing, and you just have to wonder if just a new voice of any sort, but particularly one that's coaching the SEC, coaching the Big 12, and then coached at Boise State, uh, maybe gives them a fresh set of ideas. The spot, though, that I think is the most perplexing – and this is the one spot where I'm not in a wait-and-see mode. Uh, I'm in a prove-me-wrong mode is the offensive line. Montana has been uh, slightly above average at best over the last 10 years on the offensive line. And at worst, when they've been at their worst, they've been mediocre to below average. They've never been truly horrifically bad, but they've been a far cry from what Montana was for such a long time, and they've been a far cry from the best offensive lines in the conference pretty much for the last 
I mean, since Bobby Houck left the first time around in 2009. I don't know how splitting up the offensive line duties helps with the offensive line. I I just don't. I, I, I think that one of, if not the most pivotal parts of offensive line play is continuity. Multiple voices from multiple coaches, I don't think that enhances continuity. Again, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe this is actually the thing that they need. Maybe Chad Germer just working with the centers and the guards will really help, and the offensive line play will just take off. Maybe Rob Fennessey's got the special medicine to turn Chris Walker and Brandon Casey into all-conference and all-American type offensive tackles. And if that happens, I will be the first to say, okay, great, good job. You made the moves you needed to make. I just find it hard to believe that that's going to be the case. I guess the reason it's perplexing to me is not even because I'm I'm doubting it as much as we've just, I just don't have any examples of it. I can't remember ever having multiple offensive line coaches. I will say this. A couple times in my journalism career covering college football, I have experienced when there's been co-coordinators or co-position coaches. I do think that having co-position coaches in the secondary and one guy's coaching safeties, one guy's coaching corners, but they're working together, that can work. And I have actually seen it work very well. I've seen uh, a head and an assistant linebackers coach, a head and an assistant quarterbacks coach. I've seen that work. Co-coordinators, I know it has worked at certain places. I've never seen it work in a team that I'm covering heavily. Co-offensive line coaches, I've just never seen it. So I, I, I cannot tell you if it's going to work or not. Uh, we're going to come back to this now. We're number two on our gym swings by, but I mean, any thoughts on the, the, the splitting of the offensive line? I mean, this seems like maybe an effort to try too hard. I don't know. I, I guess what I'm saying is the only thing we can definitively say with these offensive coaching moves is one, I think Brent Pease deserves a shot to call plays. I think that's fine. A, a fine, if not really good elevation. And two, Bobby Houck is loyal Across the board, in spades, is he loyal to a fault? That's the question that I have after we see this reshuffling for the Grizz football team. Yeah, it's not even about the co-offensive line deal. It's just, how's it going to Like, how is Rob Fennessey going to work with the tight ends and the tackles in in spring ball, in fall camp, whatever, right? Right. You, you're you're going to be going back from one group, back and forth from one group to the other? or I, yeah. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I right? guess because the tight ends in are in one group. quarter of the field. The, yeah. the offensive line guys are over on the other field completely. Uh, I, I just, I've never heard of anything like that. Um, it's, it's an interesting way to do it. Uh, I, the other thing is, this is the last point I'll make because we got to get out. Avery Allen, four time state champion wrestler from Bozeman High School, will join us here in about five minutes. Um, I wonder if the splitting of the offensive line and, and the, with the tight ends and stuff actually indicates a massive overhaul in scheme. Because what Montana's been running over the last handful of years in terms of the run game has been zone blocking. It's, it, it, and if you know about, about zone blocking, one of the keys is working in, in continuity, particularly between the guards and the tackles. So splitting those up doesn't seem like that's going to work. But then again, maybe they're not running a zone blocking scheme anymore. Uh, hard to say. Nuanas Dow, ESPN Radio. It's our Big Sky Spotlight presented by Dave Maldonado and Maldonado Law. Maldonado Law, your Big Sky defender. If you need help dealing with the insurance companies, 
Visit BigSkyDefender.com. There's only been 39 young men to ever claim four state wrestling championships in a row. Avery Allen, the latest one out of Bozeman High School, will join us next. Keep it right here, TSPN Radio. College athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuanas here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years' experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. What up, everybody? Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Happy to be coming to you statewide here from the ESPN MT studio. Thanks so much for joining us here on your Thursday. Time now for our Prep Extra, presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. Farmer State Bank has an awesome program going on right now. You or your aspiring high school senior, they're giving away 10 $10,000 scholarships to aspiring high school seniors. Go enter your application now. you got about a little bit less than a month to get them in. The deadline is March 15th. You can visit FarmersEbank.com backslash scholarships. We go down the Rangers Brothers Army phone line. Welcome in. The, recent, the most recent addition to the four-timers club. Oh, there's only been 39 guys ever to win four consecutive wrestling championships here in Montana, including this young man, Avery Allen of Bozeman. Avery, thanks so much for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you guys? Very good. Thanks so much for making some time with us. Uh, t- just take us through this entire experience for you. I mean, probably a lot of... I don't know if pressure is the right word, but you certainly had some exposure coming into this state tournament with uh, everything you were gunning for, and then you made the run all the way and uh, get a pin in the finals, and it was a great scene. I watched the replay, and it was just cool to see you and and everybody else celebrating. So just take us through. I mean, what was the moment like for you when you finally realized, man, I'm going to join this elite club and become a four-time state champ? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a special moment, and, uh, you know, I was thinking going into that match, it was going to be different. And, you know, like you said, the blood on the face made it, you know, 10 times better being able to go out like that. But, uh, yeah, for sure, before the match, there was that pressure you were talking about. I always have it in, uh, before I step out on the map. But it's something that I've learned to, you know, control a little bit better through the years and realize that it's just another wrestling match and I got to go out and get the job done. And, uh, you know, I just, I was thankful after for, you know, everything, all the opportunities I got and family, coaches, friends. And yeah, it was just a really special moment to be able to join that uh, 
special group of four-timers. So, Tell us the story about the eye, because, I mean, the picture is epic. You're going to be able to show that to your grandkids. Like, hey, I won the, my fourth straight state championship, and I got blood all over my face. You look like a true warrior in that picture. What happened to the eye? Um, I think it was just off the first little flurry of uh, on our feet, and when I took them down, I think something must have either hit me or cut me right over the eye or right under it. But uh, actually, when I was on top, I thought he was the one bleeding and kind of confused me, thought the ref was going to call blood time, but it ended up just letting it go. And, uh, yeah, I got the pin and then realized when I got up and to celebrate that I was the one bleeding from my eyes. So, yeah, it was a pretty cool, pretty cool experience and then got some cool photos out of it. So, yeah. You pinned your way all the way to the state championship, too. I mean, four straight pins during this uh, most recent tournament in Billings. So, uh, I feel pretty energetic. Are you even tired? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty energetic. Right after the tournament, a few of the guys from that other state championship, we went, we were right back in the room the next day at big game and you know training because you know there's a lot more to it for uh, wrestling this many years and winning this was for sure one of the top goals in my head. But uh, there's so much more now to go and for college wrestling and just this out of state wrestling that's about to happen here in a few months with nationals and all that. So I just got to every day get even better than what I am right now. So Avery Allen joining us here on Nuanas Now. He is a senior at Bozeman High School. Recently won his fourth straight state wrestling championship. Took home the title at 145 pounds this year. And you mentioned this had been a long time goal for you, Avery. When did it first start? Uh, when did it first land in your mind, though, that, hey, man, I, I might actually be able to realistically chase four straight state titles? When did you first start to believe that this was actually a goal that you could actually achieve? Yeah, I mean, uh, it goes way back, obviously, watching, you know, growing up and seeing all the kids that came to the state and became four-timers and went and did big things in college and me being a part of the sport for as long as I was, uh, you know, I always had that in my mind. Not obviously when I was when I started when I was four because I didn't know even what the sport was about. But, you know, I'd say eventually when I started to get a little older, more understanding and traveling out of state and national tournaments and doing well out there, uh, for sure after that, I mean, it's always in your head that you got to do the best thing that you can for your state. And, you know, that's always been the goal, I'd say, you know, definitely from start of elementary, just seeing those mentors that I look up to. And, you know, now I'm glad that I'm hopefully a mentor to a lot of other kids. So That's one of the coolest parts about wrestling to me is that you, even in Montana, you can go out and, and compete on regional and national stages, but also guys from Montana stack up really well on regional and national stages, too. I mean, usually if you are a great state champion caliber wrestler here in this state, you have uh, big-time opportunities after your high school career is over. So, I mean, why do you think that is? What about wrestling here in this state uh, sort of helps you when you do go out and wrestle on the regional and national levels? Yeah, I mean, for sure, I mean, you see it in this state, like the top guys at every weight that are winning a lot of things, they... uh can do just fine out of state and compete with everybody and uh i know there are other states it's more all around just because there's more the wrestling population is maybe higher and there's a lot more all, all around kids that uh could do well but yeah i for sure see it here just because i mean there's not as many you know opportunities for like training and all that and i mean sometimes years are different for wrestling in montana but yeah, i just think you know working hard as you can you know finding those partners it's a it's a big state, but not a huge population. So getting 
getting those training training practices in with kids around the state really helps, I think. And, you know, just the mindset that you can go out and compete if you put the work in and just knowing that, I mean, no one's any different. It's all about how hard you work and all the time you put in. So, yeah, I think knowing that going into those tournaments helps a lot of these Montana kids out and helps me out for sure. It does take such an unbelievable amount of time and dedication. I mean, the glory that comes with wrestling is is second to none, but also the sacrifices you got to make to get to that point is about as miserable as any sport you can do, right? So, I mean, when you're going through uh, the toughest times and, you know, managing the weight and sweating it out in the in the room and, and you know, training with your training partners and stuff, I mean, what keeps you going? What's what's motivated you throughout this run? Um, Yeah, I mean, those hard practices and the practices, you know, that you – want to give up and you just got to keep pushing i think most of that you know just comes from knowing how many people have went through it and knowing that you have to go to that level and go to how far you can go to be able to accomplish those goals and i think keeping that in mind like it's always a the block the roadway in your head that you have to get through it's never a body thing it's the mind over body your mind can go way farther and you just got to remember that and uh yeah i think coaches and family for sure have helped me through it and uh yeah i know that it's a process of it so i just got to keep pushing avery allen here on to on is now he's a senior at bozeman high school recently won his fourth straight state championship on the wrestling mat there at the all-class wrestling tournament in billings over this last weekend what's next for you then i i, I heard you kind of mention that you maybe have plans for the future so what's going on where, where, where you, do you plan on wrestling here uh, in college yeah, I mean, I've committed to South Dakota State University for wrestling, and uh, I'm really excited about that. I took my visit during the football season, and, you know, when I was down there, I the campus, all the people, the teammates and coaches, it was just, they were really good to me, and it felt like the place that I could, you know, learn the most and take away from it the best and hopefully get on the team right away and, you know, be an impact. So, yeah, that's what that's what my future is going to be, and, uh yeah, I'm going to keep doing this sport till I can anymore. So it was either that or football, and, um, yeah, wrestling decided it. So Well, that's that's awesome, man. But, uh, between now and, and when you report to South Dakota State, uh, do you have any other uh, meets or championships or anything like that coming up? Yeah, there's uh, there's going to be a few. There's nationals. I mean, a few of the same ones I went to last year. I probably won't go to this year, but, you know, there's the – in Vegas, there's the Open and – it's uh, it's a tournament, you know, a whole bunch of Olympic guys that are competing at. So it's a really cool experience, and I'd be wrestling against, you know, freshmen in college and everything. So it'll be cool to be able to go and do that and have those college coaches in my corner for that. And it's a different style, so it's freestyle wrestling instead of folk style. It's uh, folk style is a collegiate level for college, but this one's kind of training for the. A different style, freestyle, and Olympic wrestling, so that'll be fun. Well, very cool. Congratulations on all your success, man. It's been fun to follow you, and uh, no better way than to go out on top. Avery Allen, Bozeman High School, joining us here uh, on Nuanas now. Uh, I mean, last thing for you, I know that this is a, a goal that you pursued for so long, so has it actually sunk in yet that you are on that list and, and never to be forgotten as a four-time champion? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not going to sink in. I feel like I don't know, it, it took a while when I was in the tournament. I'm trying to, you know, take in those last conversations with everybody, little kids, but, you know, it still hasn't sunk in. But knowing that it's reality now, it's, you know, 
um, unbelievable feeling, and I'm excited, or I'm glad that I put the work in to get to this point, and the work's for sure not over, and, you know, I'm ready for the next chapter of my career, so... Well, we will look forward to following that next chapter. And uh, thanks so much for making some time with us today, man. And uh, congratulations on all your success. Yep. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Avery Allen, Bozeman High School senior, the most recent addition to the four-time state wrestling champions club here in the state of Montana. All athletic success takes sacrifice. That's part of what we learn from sports. And, and it's just it's it's awesome to see the way that it influences in such a positive way, especially the young people uh, in this state, but uh, but everywhere. I mean, I don't even know who I would be or what I would have become without sports. But the, the, the true discipline and dedication that it takes for combat sports, especially like wrestling, man... It's second to none. You gotta really, you gotta live it every single day. And if you want to be a four-time state champion, you have to live it every single day. That's why it's such a prestigious group. It's unbelievable what these guys go through in terms of their bodies, keeping them fresh, keeping them energetic, but also you know honing in the weight, staying strong, staying lean. The level of dedication to do that when you're a teenager. It's just crazy, man. It's it's truly crazy. A couple of my best friends in high school were wrestlers. I couldn't do it, man. Everybody was always saying, why, well, you know, why do you want to be a six-foot-one center on the basketball team? You're never going to do nothing with that. Why don't you come be a wrestler? I'm like, well, I can't. <laughs> These guys are too crazy for me. Uh, it's amazing. It's, uh, it's cool to see. And uh, when they get the affirmation and the accomplishment of entering a hallowed group that will make sure that their accomplishment is I can never be denied and will last forever. It's a, it's a cool thing. So um, we will always highlight the best of the best uh, in the world of high school wrestling because I do think it, it takes a special breed. So Prep Extra presented by Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. Go apply for one of those $10,000 scholarships courtesy of Farmers State Bank. You can apply online, farmersebank.com backslash scholarships. How about some soccer? 2015 coming at you right after this. New on is now ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. Is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Couple primary influences on today's playlist. First hour, it's all the trail. Our buddies over there on 103.3 Montana's Quality Rock. Hour number two, the playlist influence, of course, is the main man, Rajim Seabrook. He'll be here uh, pretty soon, so look forward to seeing Raj. But I always appreciate the tunes. From the guys over there on the trail. That's Miles and Miles by the Heavy Heavy. Good tune they're uh, turning over there uh, these days on 103.3 Montana's Quality Rock. You want us now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's time now for our 4015, presented by Flanagan Motors. 4015 is an excerpt from the Soccer in Snow and Smoke podcast. 
which is a podcast about all things football. Andrew Houghton's the producer and the creator, and he has a variety of guests on uh, throughout the, the given year, talking everything from high school and club soccer in the state of Montana to international soccer on the world stage and everything in between. Before we get to the excerpt of this week's Soccer and Snow and Smoke, though, uh, some news on the Grizz soccer front. What's going down uh, with Chris Chidovitsky's crew? Yeah, it came across the wire this morning. Coulter officially announced three more transfers for the Montana Grizzlies soccer team. So uh, an, an interesting group, actually, Coulter. They're, they're going all over because they got a forward, Audrey Teague from Regis, which is a D2 school. They got another forward, Abby Gearhart from Bucknell, which is a really good mid-major like Montana. And then they got a defender dropping down from Georgia, Mia Parkhurst. So those are the three names. Those are the three backgrounds. Uh, really interesting to see them casting that wide a net across the soccer landscape. Those three will join uh, Hazel Dick from Kansas, another defender transfer uh, who was announced back, I think, late last year. So four right now transfers coming in for the Montana soccer team. Uh, I'll ask you this question at hour number two, maybe, but think, ponder this. Uh, we hear so much about the debate over the transfer portal, and so often the connotation in football and men's basketball particularly is just how negative it is. I want to have a conversation about how it's influencing soccer, if it's positive, negative, pros and cons. We'll come back to that. Uh, set this up for us, though. What's, what's going on at Soccer and Snow and Smoke these days? Uh, yeah, just dropped a new episode last night, so we'll hear an excerpt from that. Uh, good fun one this week. A guy who uh, knows a ton about high school soccer in Montana, Glenn Wall, because he's the guy who runs wallsoccer.net, which is sort of the clearinghouse for all the standings, the stats. He's he's recorded every game in the state. He's the, the guy who you go to for finding out who's in first place, who the top scorers are, etc. That was a huge help to me when I was talking high school soccer on the podcast uh, this last fall. So he's a guy I've wanted to have on for a while. Uh, he's been doing this for 15 years, Coulter. So he came on to give me a little insight on that full podcast. Of course, you can find just search soccer in snow and smoke. Uh, but this is a little excerpt talking just about how he got started with that. Uh, and then a couple of his takeaways from last high school season, because he's the guy with the 40,000-mile view of this. Soccer and Stone Spoke, presented by Blackfoot Communications and Zootown Sports Cards. This is the 4015, presented by Flanagan Motors. Roll it! When I was starting to talk about high school soccer, this was actually not last year, but even the year before, what Jay Anderson at Hellgate told me was you, you go to wallsoccer.net, that'll have your standings, your stats, your rosters. If you want to find something out, that's where you go. So just where did that passion for promoting the game in the state come from for you? Yeah, I've been doing it for about a good 15, 15 some years. And uh, it all started, you know, back when I, I graduated college and I, I've lived in Montana all my life, but I graduated college and got my teaching job here in Helena and uh, I got to be an assistant coach at Capitol high school under Carl Straub. And, uh, and you know, after a few seasons, we just were really frustrated. Nobody knew the standings. Nobody knew who was good. And, 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 and it was really hard to understand what games were going to be big. Um, and things like that. Even the ADs at the end of the year, sometimes it seemed like they were just guessing on, who was first and who was second. So we got a little frustrated and we, you know, we were talking, me and uh, some of the coaches that uh, for the capital staff and said, man, it would be nice to have 
some place that we go, we, we kind of wish the Montana High School Association would do it, but they, that's not what they do. And, and so I, 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 did, I don't have web coding skills, but I had a former player um, that played for Capitol High, and I, I drew up what I wanted, and he coded it out, and that's where it all started. It started off pretty simple with just standings, and then we tried to add some stats, and I, I wish I could do more at times, but I think we'd have to um, educate coaches on what a shot is. <laughs> but but uh, it came from that, just so we would know what teams were doing great. It was a, it, we used the scouting when we added in assists of what players we needed to watch for. And so it really became a coaching tool at first. Uh, and then it became a promotion of soccer after that. So uh, I obviously uh, back in the early 2000s, we, we did it through email and it took a little while. I, I would try, if coaches didn't get back to me, I would try to look it up in the papers, which as you could imagine, I got, well, papers didn't always get the stats right. So coaches ended up calling me anyways and, and saying, Hey, you need to change this. I have a parent that says <laughs> this or that. And, and so then eventually it just came to texting and today all the coaches text me after their games. They give me their score, their stats. Um, and we have conversations. I, I have great rapport with a lot of coaches throughout the state, and it's become a really cool friendship that I have with all these guys. Um, to, to do the website and make sure that kids are being recognized and teams are being recognized for the hard work that they're doing. Glenn Wall on soccer and snow and smoke. He's the man behind wallsoccer.net, which is the place to go if you need to learn or look up anything about high school soccer in Montana. It's an invaluable resource, a labor of love, as we've talked about. Glenn, with you being the guy who's recording and, and sort of jotting down all that data and everything, let's talk a little bit about last high school season. What were sort of the storylines of last season that jumped out at you? There, there's some great stories. I mean, obviously the one that, you know, most probably in the face of everybody is, uh, I, I always give Jay a hard time, uh, the evil empire of Hellgate, you know, winning four straight. Um, that That's huge. No team has ever done that. Um, so I, I think they broke Sentinel's record. And I think there's a couple teams that got three, but nobody's ever had four, eight and nine years. Um, and, being in the championship for an entire decade. Um, I mean, I think that really stands out as a huge accomplishment um, for Hellgate, Jay Anderson. Jay Anderson's a great coach. Um, and especially this year where, you know, he, he didn't have a team full of seniors. It was, it was kind of a reload. Um, I think it's going to get tougher for him in the next few years, but um, – I think that was a huge accomplishment for them. Um, on the the girls' side, I, I thought Sentinel was the, the the team that really was kind of the fun story to watch. I mean, they started off one, three, and two um, on the season, and you're thinking, oh, bottom of the the group. They had some injuries to some girls early on. They got them back and then fought back all the way to the championship game. Um, came up short to Gallatin, but um, I thought they were kind of the inspirational story of the 
of the state of a team that started off kind of slow and then just worked their way back into the mix. Um, you know, I, Capitol High School, uh, obviously I'm a little biased about Capitol High School. I'm former coach. I played there. My son plays there now. Um, but, you know, they, they were the first team to beat Hellgate um, in really almost two years. Um, so that was a huge, huge accomplishment. Um, and I think those teams are going to battle it out over the next uh, four years. Um, but sadly, the, uh, sadly, I think the, the biggest story for Montana soccer right now is the lack of depth that teams have, um, the lack of quality that we see throughout the state. I think we, we had quite a bit of parity a few years ago where there was lots of teams in it. And this last year, there is in the Western Conference, there was about three teams that you could go, yeah, I could see one of those three teams. But after that, it was about a five-goal five difference. Um, so, you know, making sure teams are full with players. We had some teams in the state that were barely able to roster a varsity and JV team, which, you know, back in my day, we had varsity, JV, and Froshmore. Um, so the numbers have gone down, and um, I think uh, that, that could be one of the big stories is, you know, just the depth. And I think it's all sports in general that um, a lot of sports numbers are going down. Football teams are going down, basketball teams. Um, and we got to find a way to find out what's going on uh, because we have the same number of kids, it seems like, but um, just not as many kids coming out. And I think we need to look at that and figure out, and maybe it's just because there's so many more things for kids to do today too. But I think that's a big story too, is um, the, the lack of numbers we're seeing and, and we have some great club programs, like I said before, but we need to continue to develop those so we can have strong high school programs into the future, too. 4015 presented by Flanagan Motors. Flanagan Motors has been supporting Missoula for more than 50 years and first supporter of soccer around the Garden City. You want to hear the full conversation there with Glenn Wall and Andrew Houghton? Go subscribe and check out Soccer in Snow and Smoke, a soccer podcast created and produced by Andrew Houghton here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. A variety of things to talk about with hopefully Rajim Seabrook. But either way, we will forge forward. Back after this, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The Advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The Advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.